My name is Richard Zumbrand. August 23, 1944. One million Russian troops entered my country. And then the nightmare began. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. You understand what I'm saying? Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Pastor Marcus Zill. Soviet Russians took Romania, spoils of the Second World War. The communists declared atheism the official state religion. One man dared to speak out against it. He would pay a steep price. He would spend 14 years in a communist prison. voice of the martyrs comes the dramatic testimony of Pastor Richard Vermbrand, as told in the international bestseller, Tortured for Christ. This is a special edition of the Student Union during this KFUO share week. A little bit more about the movie Tortured for Christ, which was in some 500 plus theaters in early March for one night only. Due to the success of the movie, it is now being shown in about 75 additional theaters across the country on April 23rd, Monday night, next Monday. This means two things. First, if you missed it the first time, here's your chance. Go to torturedforchrist.org and you can see the list of theaters for this encore viewing. And two, it gives me a great opportunity to review it since I have seen it. So hang around after the repeat of my brief interview in February with... Todd Nettleton, the media director for Voice of the Martyrs USA, and I'll give you my thoughts, having seen the movie myself. With us today in the Student Union, Todd Nettleton, who is the uh, media relations spokesperson for Voice of the Martyrs USA and the host of VOM Radio. Great to have you with us today, Todd. Thank you. It's really good to be with you. Tell us a little bit about VOM and Voice of the Martyrs. Well, I am at the headquarters of VOM, which is located in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. That's the U.S. headquarters. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry to serve persecuted Christians uh, and to be a voice for them to the American church. Uh, Our founder was a a Lutheran pastor, a man named Pastor Richard Wormbrand. He and his wife were imprisoned for their faith in Romania, and uh, when they came to the West, 
secret police took him aside before they left Romania and said, you know, Pastor Wormbrand, you're going to the West. You can preach all you want. You can talk about God all you want. But don't talk about what we did to you. Don't talk about the prison. Don't talk about the torture. Uh, if you do, you know, we're going to find you. Pastor Wormbrand came to the West and did exactly what they told him not to do, uh, shared the stories of being in those prisons, shared the stories of how God was faithful even in the midst of torture. Even more important, he said, you know, I'm free now, but there are still pastors in those prisons. There are still Christians who are suffering. And people like you and me, we hear that and we say, okay, well, if that's true, we want to help those Christians. How do we do that? That's really why Voice of the Martyrs was hmm. founded, was to be a, a way for American Christians to help Christians who are being persecuted. And last year, last October, we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Um, so we've been doing it for a long time. Uh, and God has, has used and continues to use VOM to, to really be a blessing in hostile and restricted nations around the world. We have a lot of college students and those that work with the campus ministry and others listening. You know, we live in America. We're starting to see liberties eroding, but it's still very soft. But we're talking about serious persecution. How, how big of a problem is this throughout the world? You know, one of the things that's always a challenge for us is to try to put numbers. You know, how, you know, how many sure. Christians? We don't know. Uh, these, these governments are not keeping stats. <laughs> you know, they're not publishing a report. Well, they the tried, to, they tried to tell uh, Pastor Wormbrand to say nothing, so who knows how many people just right. won't, won't speak up. Exactly. So Voice of the Martyrs is actively working in 68 countries. So that's 68 countries where Christians face some form of persecution. And, you know, in some places that might be what we call discrimination. You know, they can't get a job if you're a Christian, or, or your kids are not allowed to go to the public schools if you're a Christian. Uh, but in some places, it means you're, you're going to die. I, I mean, I think of, I, I just a week ago was in South Korea meeting with North Korean defectors. And if you're found to have a Bible in North Korea, you are likely going to die. You're either going to be executed or you're going to be sent to a labor camp and you're going to die in the camp. So it ranges, you know, like I say, from what we might call discrimination up to and including people who are being executed for being followers of Christ. You know, uh, in fact, and I know that you're just kind of rebounding from your long trip and jet lag and whatnot, but there's just an article a couple days ago of 80 Christians that were executed in North Korea for even just having a Bible. Rather remarkable thing. to hear these things. It is. And one of the amazing things, and I think of this every time I think about North Korea, is the government expects you to spy on your neighbors. They expect your children to spy on you. Uh, and so even as a Christian parent in North Korea, one of your absolutely life-threatening key decisions that you're going to make is, okay, when am I going to tell my kids about my faith? When can I trust them to, to listen and to keep it a secret because they will be asked at school, hey, do your parents ever do any strange things? Do they, you know, do your parents have any, like a book maybe hidden somewhere that they pull out and read in the middle of the night? Mm -hmm. They will use your kids to spy against you. So you have to decide as a parent, when can I trust my children to tell them about my faith? Because it puts them at risk. It puts me at risk. As Americans, I, I don't even think we can wrap our mind around no how they have to think and how they have to live in order to follow Christ in a place like North Korea. Wow. Mind boggling. So, uh, first of all, I got to give a shout out to, uh, pastor Matthew Richard at our savior, uh, Lutheran church in Smithfield, Rhode Island. 
he's been bugging me. You know, Zill, Zill, you work for the LCMS. I haven't heard anything about uh, the, this new movie, Tortured for Christ. Tell us, uh, what is the basic story uh, behind Pastor Wormbrand and, and the persecution and, and the torture started all of this? Well, Richard Wormbrand lived an amazing life. He, he was quite an amazing man. He was born into a Jewish family uh, in his teenage and later early 20s years, basically became an atheist. You know, I've talked to God and I didn't see anything happen, so there must not be a God. And, and he was very convinced of that. Uh, he actually was quite a, a wealthy person. He was a, a stockbroker and he was making a good money and he was kind of lived a life of wine, women and song. Uh, eventually he got married and he got sick. He got tuberculosis. And part of his rehab was to go up to a mountain village in Romania. The air was cleaner. It was supposed to be good for his lungs. Uh, but in that village, there was a Christian man named Christian Wolfkus. Uh, he was a carpenter there in the village, and it was his heart's desire to win a Jewish person for Christ. Uh, and he had prayed for years and years for that to happen, and, and there were no Jews in the village. <laughs> he, he prayed to the <laughs> Lord, you know, God, I really want to win a Jew to Christ, but I'm too old to travel, and there aren't any Jews in my village, so you're going to have to bring one here to me. And lo and behold, shows up in his village to rehab Richard Wormbrand. And so Christian Wolfkus begins to reach out to him and, and gives him a Bible, and Richard Wormbrand becomes a believer in Christ. And and then not only a believer, but he was passionate to reach others, and he became an evangelist, and he became a pastor. And he suffered incredibly. First, the Nazis came and took over Romania, and Richard and Sabina suffered under the Nazis. And then the Nazis were expelled, and the communists took over, and he suffered even more under the communists. Eventually, 14 years in prison for Richard, three of those years in solitary confinement. What specifically did he do to land in, in prison? He was an active evangelist, and he did, not, uh, he did not put his church work under the government. Uh, they, had a, they had an event after the communists took over Romania. They had an event they called the Congress of the Cults, uh, and, and the honorary chairman of the Congress of the Cults was Joseph Stalin. And basically the idea was we're going to bring in all the religious leaders and, and we're going to have this kind of celebration of how, you know, you can be a Christian and a communist. We can work together. We'll all just, you know, can't we all just get along? That kind of thing. Richard stood up at the Congress of the Cults and, and he was quite well known in the Romanian Christian community. Uh, and so when he stood up and, and were asked to speak, the communists were like, great, if, if we can get Richard Wormbrand on board, that's going to help us a lot. A lot of other people are going to follow him. Sure. But when Richard stepped to the microphone, he said, you know, our first loyalty is not to our party or even our country. Our first loyalty is to Christ. We cannot be in bed with the communists who are persecuting Christians and who say God doesn't even exist. We've got to stand on Scripture. We've got to stand on truth. They cut the power to the microphone. Richard actually had to kind of flee out the back door. But from that day forward, he was a marked man. And it oh, was only sure. a matter of time before he was going to be imprisoned. And eventually, like I say, 14 years uh, in prison. So what led to his getting out of prison? He was, he was released after eight years in kind of a general amnesty. Uh, I think maybe the prisons were just too full and they needed to empty some of them out. But then he was subsequently rearrested, spent six more years in prison. 
when he left Romania, he actually was ransomed out. Uh, Christians in the West paid a ransom to the Romanian government to release him from prison and get him out of the country. At that time, the the going rate for what was called a political prisoner was $1,500. The price for Richard Wurmbrand was $10,000. So he was considered by the Romanian government to be a high-value prisoner. And Christians in the West paid a ransom. They got him out, and he began to share uh, literally around the world. He traveled and spoke around the world talking about what was going on behind the Iron Curtain and what Christians in the West, how we should respond, how we should care, uh, kind of understanding the, the body of Christ. You know, the Bible says when one part of the body suffers, we're all supposed to feel that. Sure. Uh, how does that happen if we're completely disconnected? It, it can't. Uh, so Richard was really a part of connecting the body of Christ and helping us here in the West uh, to feel the pain that our brothers and sisters go through when they suffer persecution. And, and not only, obviously, he was a an eyewitness in a very personal way of the persecution that took place because he received it himself, but he also was a was a recipient of the the love and care and compassion of those in the West who who got him out. Absolutely, he he had seen firsthand, and and even before he left Romania, there were Christians from the West. Uh, that went and and visited and sat in his apartment and prayed with his family and encouraged them. Um, So he, he has seen it from both sides. He's seen it as a persecuted Christian. He has seen it as somebody providing help and encouragement and praying for persecuted Christians, uh, which gave him really a unique voice in, in the world of the ministry that we do, because he did have both perspectives. So this movie, how did this movie come about? it is a part of our 50th anniversary celebrations. You know, we we have always told Richard's story, and, and in fact, sure. uh, since the very founding of Voice of the Martyrs, you can have a free copy of Torture for Christ. If you just come to our website, persecution.com, and say, hey, I want a copy of that book, we'll send one to you. Uh, and so this is a, it's a way to tell Richard's story. I, I really think of it as for a new generation. You know, Torture for Christ was written 50 years ago, uh, Richard talked about the fact that, that he wrote it with, with blood and tears. He, over the course of a weekend, he typed, uh, and he said, I typed, and Sabina cried while I typed. Uh, and so this is that story, but it's told in film, which I think is, is much more of a, the language of our culture, much more the language of young people, uh, to, to tell this story to a new generation and inspire them with Richard's testimony the same way that the book Tortured for Christ has inspired people for generations since it came out. Now, is this paid for by VOM supporters? How, how did you, I mean, obviously Hollywood probably wasn't banging down your door asking to do this. So how, my wife <laughs> you know, works we, in the we film. We had to my turn wife down was, a lot of Hollywood directors. Yeah, my wife works project. in the film production industry down here in and around Albuquerque. I, I know that doesn't happen. <laughs> so how, how did the impetus and the, the support for this come about and my understanding is it right that it's it's a one night only kind of in the theaters kind of a thing right voice of the martyrs paid for the movie to be made uh, as a part of telling richard and sabina's story as a part of celebrating our 50th anniversary sure Uh, the agreement to put it into theaters is not costing vom anything that that was done wonderful by the distribution company 
Uh, they actually came to us. We had planned all along this was going to be a DVD. We were going to offer it to our, our subscribers and our readers, and, and that was kind of our thought for it. Uh, in the course of, of after the movie was completed and, and there was kind of some buzz around it, uh, a distribution company came to us and said, hey, we want to distribute it. And we're like, yeah, but we don't want to spend donor money on, on putting a movie in theaters. They're like, no, no, no. We don't want you to pay. We want to distribute it. And so wow. most of the money for tickets goes to them so that they, they get most of the profits. But uh, they put all the money forward. So no cost to VOM to have it in the theaters. Wow. As you say, one night only, March the 5th. And uh, the, the way the distribution model works is they booked uh, almost 800 theaters. Uh, but each one has to sell a minimum number of tickets in order for the screening to actually take place. But he buys a ticket, yeah. it's not going to show. Uh, but if it hits that minimum threshold, then it happens at, at that theater. Uh, right now, as we are talking, I think we're just up over 150 theaters where it's already, they've sold enough tickets, we know it's going to show in those. We have a lot more that are right on the cusp of, of making that threshold uh, so torturedforchrist.com is the website. On the website, you can put in your zip code and find the theater that's closest to you, and then you can buy your ticket. You, you put in all your purchase information, your credit card, and so forth, but your credit card is not actually charged until enough tickets have been sold so that that theater will, that screening will take place. So that's kind of how the process works. Uh, but again, one night only, March 5th. Uh, in theaters literally all over the country. And folks, as you're listening out there, this isn't time to uh, say, ah, you know, it's expensive. I'll wait till it uh, comes out in DVD later or whatever. I think it behooves all of us to take advantage of this and to support support opportunities like this for the sake of the greater cause and the witness. And a lot of the people that listen to this program, uh, Todd, are college students, those who work with college students, etc. Uh, do you find that... Uh, that uh, learning about Voice of the Martyrs, I think it resonates with our young people today? You know, in many ways, I think it resonates more with young people than even older people. Um, Because I think young people are, they're they're thinking about life, they're making decisions about what's worth living for, and what's worth dying for, and how do I want to spend my time? And so I think you watch a film like Tortured for Christ. I, I think the inevitable result is you come out of the theater and you say, boy, I wonder what I would do in that situation. Uh, and as you think about that, it, it kind of requires us to uh, spend some time in the Bible. It requires us to spend some time in prayer and say, Lord, boy, I, I want to stand up and be faithful in that situation, but I'm not sure I could. Uh, again, we pray more, we read the scripture more, and God strengthens us to, to face those things. So I think the story will resonate with people of all ages. But I do think people in that sort of you know, 15 to 25 range who are thinking about, you know, what do I want my life to be about? I think this is a, a key time for them to see the film and think about some of the issues that it presents. I'm always explaining to people that uh, young people want to serve they're looking for authenticity, real and enduring. And um, I mean, it's my hope, and I'm assuming it's the hope of, of VOM in general. You know, what an opportunity to really inspire this next generation uh, to take seriously and pick up the uh, pick up the cause themselves in whatever they do in life. But I wouldn't be surprised if you find that there are some that want to dedicate their life to this to this issue the way the way you have, the way Richard did. 
Well, you know, our hope is inspiration. And, and like you say, when, when they go and, and see the film and think about the issues and think about, okay, is, am I living my life for things that are worth living for? Uh, am I giving my life for things that are worth dying for? Uh, I, I hope that there are thousands of people who walk out of the theater and, and really contemplate prayerfully those questions. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what the results of that are going to be? We we hear from people all over the world who read the book Tortured for Christ uh, and say amazing things about how God used that to inspire them uh, into service, into full-time ministry, into missions or whatever. Uh, so who knows what the results are going to be in the coming years from this film and from the people who see it. So what's my take, having seen the movie Tortured for Christ? Well, a couple of thoughts. First, it is not an easy movie to watch. Not exactly the kind for popcorn and milk duds. But in the age of Hollywood's sexual exploitation, and perhaps closer to home, in this instance, violence and gore, there's absolutely nothing gratuitous here. Would I take a 9 to 10 year old? No. Would I take a 12 to 13 year old? Maybe. And probably, depending on their interest and maturity. High school, college students? Absolutely. No brainer. I took mine. Second, it is an absolutely compelling and riveting story. The movie is exceptionally well done in every way, and the acting is stellar. My eldest son, who's a trained actor, and my wife, who's involved in the film production industry herself, were incredibly impressed, as was I. This is a top-notch quality film. Third, there are a couple of things that I wish they maybe hadn't done in conjunction with the movie, and that's to be expected. There always are, right? Especially when you have a crossover Christian-themed movie in the theaters. So don't be surprised. The producers included brief videos of the concert hall singing of two evangelical-style songs both before the actual movie began and after the movie ended, providing kind of a musical frame. While this didn't ruin the movie itself, for me, I fear that such may turn off many Lutherans, not to mention others who are from more liturgical church bodies such as our own, all of whom really need to see this movie. I sincerely wish they had just allowed the movie and its story to stand on its own, because it does. Closing songs better than the first, textually anyways, but don't be surprised here. But above all, certainly don't let this get in the way of seeing and supporting this movie. Ultimately, I can't encourage you to go and see this movie enough. See it in the theaters, support it as you're able, buy it after the fact when it comes out on DVD, Kudos to everyone at VOM for producing it. Let us all be reminded anew that the voices of the martyrs are still crying to us. We need to be encouraged by their faithfulness. We need to pray and stand up for those who are persecuted for confessing Christ today. This movie is a powerful reminder of our place in the body of Christ of all times and all places, and that our ultimate citizenship is not of this world. One scene from the movie sticks out in my mind as a fitting summary of what it's all about. Stuck in prison, Reverend Vermbrand preached and prayed with others as they were able. Their small prison church ended up with a deal with the guards. The prisoners would be allowed to pray, and the prisoners would submit to the guards' beatings when they did. Everyone was happy. Of course, 
Eventually, one of the guards became annoyed seeing Vermbrand praying by himself on a cold prison cell floor. And he flung open his cell door and yelled at him, You've lost everything. What can you possibly pray for? And Pastor Vermbrand turned and simply said, I pray for you. Rise again, ye lion-hearted saints of early Christendom. Whither is your strength departed? Whither gone your martyrdom? Low lives light is on them, glory's flame upon them, and their will to die doth quell even the Lord and Prince of Hell. Great of heart, they know no turning. Honor, gold, they laugh to scorn. Quenched desires within them burning by no earthly passion torn. Mid the lions roaring, songs of praise outpouring, joyously they take their stand on the arena's bloody sand. Would to God that I might even as the martyred saints of old, with the helping hand of heaven steadfast stand in battle bold. O my God, I pray thee, in the combat stay me. Grant that I may ever be loyal, staunch, and true to thee. about vom at persecution.com check out the movie torturedforchrist.com remember lcmsu.org college is tough you need jesus we'll help <laughs>